0: This is the Beyond Belief Sobriety podcast, where we examine topics of interest to people who seek a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Let me tell you, this is sure to be an interesting episode. Uh, John Huey is back to have a conversation about Alcoholics Anonymous and whether atheist and agnostic AA members are perhaps wasting their time working within the fellowship. Uh, he once again has uh, gone through the AA beyond belief Facebook group and has found, uh, person after person struggling with, uh, what to do with, uh, this AA thing, uh, as a, a non-believer. And, uh, he is feeling pretty passionate about things right now and has a lot to talk about. So I'm just going to let a conversation take place and, uh, see, uh, where it goes. Uh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling I, it's going to go, uh, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty hot.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's see. It we'll may, see. it may go south. We've never had one crash and burn, but hopefully no. it will be the first.
0: I know that you're pretty passionate about this. So what, what, what's the beef? What's the beef? What's your, what's we'll the, see. I'm, I'm going
1: to try to keep my pleasant, sweet and calm demeanor as always, as I go through this. But yeah, there, there's a certain amount of passion attached to some of this. And, you know, basically a few couple weeks ago before I went through my various, I'm still going through computer stuff here, but fortunately this thing is working tonight, before I went through all my computer audio and video upgrade stuff, I sent you this, I sent you a brief email, and basically what I was postulating, what I wanted to talk about on this one, just to frame it, because who knows where it's going to end up in the end. Maybe someone will have to bring me back to what I framed here initially. (laughs) Maybe you, uh, since you're the only one else on the screen. Um, Unless we get bombed. Uh, Okay, basically, I wanted to postulate the following Should we talk to or engage with these conventional AA people at all? What good does it do them or us for us to be involved with them? Are we? giving any net benefits to them or to us because of our involvement one way or the other with them? Are we wasting our time and retarding our progress as independent people in recovery and possibly a totally independent fellowship without that name eventually by being involved with them? Why do we do that?
0: Right. And to clarify, and I and we, we did this last time. When you say we, you're talking about atheists, agnostics, secular people. Right, right. I'm not
1: talking about conventional members of the program, or even you know dedicated big book believers or dedicated twelve steppers or any people of that. who
0: happen That's- to be people who just happen to be in Alcoholics Anonymous who don't buy into the religious dogma.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just communicating with some members of my old noon group that I went to for years that was a conventional meeting this week, right? And that group still functions mightily well for them, even though it's been some years since I have, I've been there now. Uh, and, you know, we were, I was going back and forth with one of the older members there and somebody hooked me up with somebody else. But I certainly don't get online with them and tell them not to go. I mean, it's perfectly. It works. You're t- you're you know, you're, that, you're
0: concerned about the people who are posting uh, what about. What I'm
1: concerned about is about the people on the atheist agnostic spectrum, as always. Right. And as always, this is and just my those opinion. people
0: who are struggling, the ones who are struggling, and 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 they think that they have to somehow fit into or find a way to make AA work for them as non-believers.
1: Right. Okay. And let me look back to, around to something else because from time to time. I've had it suggested to me since I I came out and became a public, more of a public person regarding this thing, uh, subsequent to our convention in Santa Monica in in 2014. I've been asked more than once by various people in various places, well, why don't you, you, you're so this way or that way about this thing, why don't you just go join SOS you know why? Why don't you just go join Smart or something like that, and you know basically be happy over there <laughs> and get out of our hair, okay? Which is insulting. You know, always the implication, please. You know, do not darken our door with your, you know, uh, you know, overdriven bullshit. Uh, you go over to SOS or you go over to Smart and you can hang out over there. And I, I sort of asked my, when I was going through this, I was saying. Why are these people dealing with this aA stuff over and over and over again? and I saying, well, why did I? why am i what am I doing here? And it sort of looped me back around. Uh, I know you recently talked to some smart people that will probably be on the podcast before this thing ever gets on and um, and there was something put up online about smart, and I hadn't looked at it i i was I, I was sober before smart was ever founded when it first founded. I looked at some of their things and uh, decided it wasn't for me because basically, uh, like maybe even you would ask, I, I asked when I looked at their program and the way they organize things, where's the fellowship? You know, they've got these tools. They talk about triggers. They talk about facilitators. They talk about training. They talk about all, and I said, where the hell is the fellowship? Because it's a fellowship and the sharing and the, you know, the ideas about abstinence that allowed me to, you know, reinforce my decision and stay sober. So now I know why I'm not in SMART, because as that stuff didn't resonate resonate with me in 94, it
0: doesn't resonate with me now. Well, that, that is one of the great strengths of AA. It's the um, community, it's the culture of community and the connection that we have with each other. And that's really what works, you know, bottom line, you know, it's what helps Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: But why do we need all this other baggage on top of it? All right. The other thing that led me back to is it, I mean, there was a guy that started what became SOS. He recently passed away, a gentleman by the name of James Christopher, who, as I told you earlier, he used to stop by our DC meeting for some reason. He was in D.C. a lot in the late '80s, early '90s, and I got to know the guy a little bit. And he would come and pitch us basically every time he showed up. And uh, I think he got a couple of people to, you know, go help start the lo- first local, what became SOS groups. He had a different name originally, became SOS. Uh, but I, I just wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't buy it. And, you know, the thing about Jim was, was that to me, it seemed more like a cult of personality, somebody who got angry at AA and decided to sort of, you know, screw them or screw with them. At least that's the way it seemed to me. And it didn't seem very productive since I was pretty happy in DC We Agnostics, which, by the way, is finally going back to -to face-to-face on June the sixth, we're gonna turn this this thing off, this machine off, and we're gonna go back doing what we've done from the beginning from eighty eight, which is face to face, which is great. You know, not to put down how well people are doing on Zoom, which they are, but it was decided. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, it was decided by the regular members, the ongoing members to go back face to face and the Hill Center will have us back. I'll put up some notices about that when that comes about. So, but yeah, that's what does it for me. My meetings and my, you know, regular connection with what I refer to as fellowship, which quite frankly is what, you know, I, I was brought to that within the context of regular AA to begin with. So it's, I, I do have some schizophrenic feelings about it.
0: So, you know, like I've said before, um, I think I think that what we're seeing is a huge influx of people into these um, social media groups who are uh, just learning that there is another way to think about uh, their recovery in AA or the, and they're just coming to grips with the idea that they are atheists and some of them might be struggling with um, uh, coming out like that with their home groups and I can understand that. And they're in various phases of development, you know. They're just trying to figure things out. And some of them will come to the conclusion that they don't need AA at all. Some of them will come to the conclusion that they can attend secular AA meetings and not have to worry about steps or whatever. Some of them might want to work the steps, you know. Some, of, you know, there's going to be, you know, everybody's going to find their own way, which is as it should be, you know.
1: Well, it, and that's that's a, that's a very kind of sweet way of looking at it. Right. Mm-hmm. But and I think it, it accurate to some to some great degree for probably a number of people. I'm not going to dispute that with you, but there are plenty of them we're losing. Yes. I had people walk away from us and say. I'll, I have an unnamed friend right now uh, who says, why do you mess with them? They're just like the, the conventional groups. It's a waste of my effing time. There are people that I don't, I I read you this one, and I'll just, there's this guy that said adios to you, Secular AA, just this week. And
0: Go ahead and read it, what he said.
1: Right, right. I mean, he he said, forget it, I'm not going to go deal with you guys. Uh, But he said that somehow he got the impression that we were all about character flaws and character defects, too. And that was totally antithetical to his idea of addiction. Where did he get that idea from? I didn't tell him. You didn't tell him. Somebody in a meeting must have, one of our meetings, secular meetings must have told
0: him. And I just wish that that people would get the whole idea when it comes to how they view their recovery, that they're, that there is no we, there's no, there is no, no There's it's your recovery and, 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 and you decide where you, how you want to define it and how you want to describe yeah, it and how you, you know, want to work my, it.
1: You know, my, my five articles on a secular recovery are not the tenets that I banged up on the wall of GSO as a different kind of holy writ. It's just, a description It's of like, it's like that guy did.
0: is looking at um, secular AA as if it's something that has a defined program that we, all, that we all must walk this one path, and that's not the way it is.
1: But in my reply on that group, which I often do if I see stuff that's, uh, that's interesting, I sometimes do, and I try to keep it as brief as possible. You know, I, I'm just saying, some, someone new to our meeting could easily conclude that given the, given the watered-down spiritual stuff and steps talk you sometimes hear, that it is, in fact, the same thing. And it's not. It's confusing. And it's harmful to some people. Now, I don't know this gentleman that walked away, and maybe he will do perfectly well and find another solution somewhere, and maybe in one of these other things that I rejected. Like the you know the smart of the s o s or whatever, who knows, or maybe he'll get sober on his own, which some people do i
0: will tell I will tell you there 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 you're you're i think that i agree i do agree with you that we do have to be more sensitive to the idea that uh there are people who've been absolutely traumatized by religion, and uh those twelve steps are dogmatic as hell, and when you tell people that you're working the twelve steps, it's by implication, it's that everybody should be doing this. And we do have to be kind of careful. I'll give you an example of something that I did a couple days ago. I went to a Zoom meeting in Australia and it was an ID meeting, which is where you share your stories. And uh, so I shared a snippet of my story of um, when I first uh, realized that I had a problem and decided to get help. And as I was going, as I finished this little story, I said, and that is your first three steps. Bam, done. So at the end of the meeting this woman who i spoke with the the um week before very nice very nice lady um she was traumatized by religion she she was a pastor and um realized that she was an atheist and has just had a really really hard time um with uh <laughs> with with the dogmatic uh her dogmatic past i guess but anyway so she at the end of the meeting she said Do we really have to do we really have to be concerned about these steps is like the the steps really bothered her and then one guy said um, He went on and on and on about how great they are and blah 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 And then I, I as I was listening to her and listening to him talk about how great they were I immediately regretted that I had to frame my story in the context of steps I could have just told the story without saying anything about the goddamn steps, right? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, there was no, re- there was no reason for me to, there was no reason for me to do that. And, and so I guess the, the moral the, the moral of the story is I've learned that, no, I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I mean, and, and I need to be careful if I'm going to run around talking about steps all the time, there could be somebody in the room who's been damaged by the steps, who's been damaged by some church or some religion. So there's, it, you know, you've got a point there's, there's, you know, we well, really need to I be mean, careful.
1: You know, and I, but I always have to loop back to how lucky I was having, you know, entered this thing in a very ultra liberal, big East Coast city. And, uh, and started even, uh, out with a
0: secular uh, group, too.
1: Yeah, even and our secular group that was formed in 88 when I was walking away. I was walking away just like this guy that we we're talking about before. I was just I was out the door when and I almost drank the summer before you know, Tom and Maxine founded our group. And I've owe i I've always said I owe my life and my ass to Tom and Maxine because they showed me a way as two hardcore atheists how they could, you know, uh, navigate and negotiate. And we didn't have uh, AA Beyond Belief. We didn't have the internet. We didn't even have other meanings to communicate with. I mean, all we knew was there was some atheist meetings in Chicago that Tom had gone to back in the late '70s, and I'd sort of heard that there was Charlie's meeting in Hollywood that I hooked up with later, the late Charlie Polichere in the Hollywood West Hollywood meeting, and I knew there were some athe- There were always atheists in New York City. Bless them. I love them to this day. Some of my favorite atheists live in Manhattan. I, you know, but we didn't have any of this other stuff. We didn't know. We were alone, okay? So we had to be within the context of conventional AA at the time. It didn't even cross our minds not to be. So I can easily see how somebody conclude, could conclude that we need to be within their context. Now, you and I both know, John, we share offline Some communications we get from people who we would never publish or publicly talk about, who reach out to us. When I, you get emails, I get emails, whatever. Who reach out to us and tell us basically that they didn't know that they could be the way I am, (laughs) and categorically reject the step. Right. What is this? I mean, who is this creature? Well, I categorically rejected the fucking steps in 1987, and I didn't get a lightning bolt shoved down my throat, okay? And I didn't get a bottle of tequila delivered to me in the middle of the night in a hotel and God knows where, where I used to travel all the time. Who knows where I was? But at least I didn't have a bottle of tequila in the middle of the night, because this way, this secular way, saved me from that, all right? So, yeah, I mean, we've got all kinds of people out there. You mentioned the Bible Belt. Here's a little quote just in the last week from the Bible Belt. Uh, Okay, I know that we call this a spiritual, not religious program, and that plenty of atheists and agnostics have been able to use AA to get and stay sober. But living in the Bible Belt and becoming increasingly aware of the Christian influence of the influences of the program is making it difficult for me my total motivation is to make it less difficult for this anonymous person who I'll never see probably never talk to probably never meet
0: we have a way to do that so that person is reach that person is reaching out to that person is reaching out to this Facebook group letting them know that he or she is struggling with you know, what to do, that, they've come to this realization that, you know what, this is a religious program and I am having a problem with that. And they're just kind of, and they're just kind of coming to grips with it. And so they're reaching out to other people who have maybe gone down that road.
1: Right. But then we loop back to a large number of people using that organization in New York City as their frame of reference. Now, the leader in Zoom worldwide, the leaders of Zoom worldwide, I believe, are the secular groups, the people that have done more, had more penetration, been earliest to the platforms, and probably most active in promoting this idea of during the pandemic having a, a program of recovery that they can live with, right? But this week, I came across this letter from the general service office. Did
0: you see this thing? Why don't you go ahead, can you read it? I, 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 sk- I skimmed through it. Um, well,
1: this letter from the general service office to somebody out there, I don't know, some group, I won't go into all the details of whatever group it was, but they're saying that we've, all of a sudden, we've decided to recognize, on, we, we may recognize online groups and encourage their participation Listing those groups who ask to be listed, blah, 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 And everybody would say, Hosanna, oh, the General Service Board formed a committee to explore for future possibilities for participation of online groups in the U.S.-Canada service structure. Explore the possibility. And then they say, uh, there is much work to be done to implement these actions and patience May be needed as we navigate this new territory together. Well, fuck you. I mean, the new territory was, was mined by us, was promulgated by us, and we don't need the imprimatur of you or anyone else to do this. If well, that's-
0: They've been talking for some time. It's it's kind of ridiculous because there there were some online meetings back in the 90s. Uh, First of all, it started with email groups, and then there were some online groups um, that met through Skype or whatever. Not very many, but there were some. And there was even an online intergroup of Alcoholics Anonymous, which still exists. And there's been talk for quite some time about incorporating those online groups into the service structure so that they would have like a GSR that would represent them at the general service conference. And the problem that they had was, um, AA, the general service structure of AA was, was organized in geographical areas. And when you have an online group, where, where are you going to put it? Well, the, you'd put it in an online group category, but anyway, uh, yeah, there, AA has, has been, the general service office has been frustratingly crazy slow With adapting to um, the 21st century, quite frankly. Can you
1: enlighten me as to something? What do these people do for us? Let me loop back to my initial question. What conceivable use do they have to us at this point in our history? We don't need their lists like we used to rely on printed lists. Who's going to distribute the printed lists but an AA general service office.
0: Well, what's interesting about the general service office and uh, the general service conference is we individual groups and individual members don't really need them because they actually are supposed to work for us. So the group, the group is the highest authority in AA can, it's totally free to do whatever the hell it wants to do. Inverted
1: pyramid. That's such, that's such bullshit. Okay. It's hierarchical right from the get-go. There's, you no, there's
0: nobody know. at the general service office that's going to tell your group in Washington, D.C. What, what it needs to do. Your group decides what it's going to do. Your group decides what they're going to do at their meeting. Nobody tells you what to do.
1: Hmm? The overarching messages, the literature, the overarching, everything is centrally controlled. That
0: That's true, and that's crazy. Small cabal of well.
1: cabal people- been around for that's
0: the general service conference the problem is we're just the people that want some sort of change with literature are never going to see it because they're so well, far outnumbered yeah.
1: I, mean, I, you, I don't care about them yeah. excuse me john
0: i don't care about them. <laughs> okay all right they're irrelevant you, you brought they're it
1: up relevant to me <laughs> since i went to my first international convention in 1990 which i briefly spoke at in the first atheist meeting there from the floor When I first went to that first convention in 1990, I saw what a convoluted uh, hierarchical mess it was. And I knew certain people here in Washington personally, like Sandy Beach, and both of them did. (laughs) Did you see the post
0: about Sandy Beach? Beach?
1: (laughs) The late late Mr. Attitude of Gratitude, Hal Marley. And I knew how it worked, because they were the ones running around the place, running the place, okay? So I knew that all this bullshit about inverted pyramids and, you know, we serve you and all that stuff. No, they want us to serve them. Let me give you another example from the Facebook group. New member here. Thanks for adding me. I've been sober in AA for seven years now. I've just, in the last few months, been going through a radical shift in my religious and spiritual views. I'm having a hard time reconciling them with my AA program. Gotcha. No shit. Well, hey, okay. I've we been are here for them. Yeah, we are here for them. Right. They are not here for them. We are here for them and we don't need them.
0: Well, that person, that person is probably doing going through what I went through. But the difference is they have a Facebook group to reach out to and I didn't. And there, what there, what there, what's what's going on? Perhaps what what happened with me is, I'd been in AA for quite some time, and came to the conclusion that I was an atheist and was quite comfortable with it. But then looked at AA and thought, well, how the hell am I going to fit in here, John? I thought I was going to have to leave. I thought I'm going to have not. There's no. There's. Well, I, I can't do anything here. I. This. I have no use for it. But then, what I did, which you which you wouldn't approve of, obviously, is I said, "Well, I can still make sense of the of this stuff at, in a secular way. I can see the underlying actions and events um, beneath all this religious um, garbage," um, and that's and that's what I chose. That's that what I chose to do, and then and then started a secular AA meeting.
1: Right. They expect you to sign up to an irrational belief system that you know to be wrong. And that sets up a cognitive dissonance within many people that results in endless misery that I see. Well, we talked about misery on the last podcast, but I see that over and over and over again. You know, I don't have a lot of, you know, truck with this smart recovery stuff personally, but they do go into one of the things I do like that they do is that they look at critically irrational belief systems. In their statement of purpose, they say something like this, an irrational belief, maybe something like, I'm too weak to stop drinking. Well, if you're too weak to stop drinking, who could possibly save you? What could possibly save you if you're too weak to stop drinking? There's only one thing, and that's a pie in the sky, some supernatural entity that's going to come down and anoint you in town's hospital while you're stoned on belladonna. Okay? Uh, Or something like that. Or you're off in the 50s, you know, taking acid, uh, trying to get sober that way, or whatever Wilson was doing later on in his checkered career. But, you know, uh, the irrational belief systems are the underpinnings of this organization that we pay homage to still. And that makes no sense to me, John, whatsoever. So where do we go? Where are we going? What do we do?
0: You know, uh, we you're you know, uh obviously uh AA started from a religious organization, the Oxford group, obviously. And the steps and everything was all about finding God. There's no doubt about it. Um over over time, uh there's been a lot of uh, people who have uh realized that what was, that wasn't necessary and you know, some people don't do anything with the steps, some people do. You know, I I just, I mean, we're never going to be able to um, change the history. I mean, if individual people don't want anything to do with AA, they can stop going to AA meetings, you know. Um, Oh,
1: wow. You're (laughs) the one coming up with the point here today. You're the one coming up with the final point of this discussion. Okay. We need to write our own history. We are in the process of writing our own history. Creating our own paradigm that works in the real world, not this world of fantasy and codified religion and written down methodologies for living your life. We're coming up, I believe, with some core beliefs about abstinence and about how we go about achieving it. So that's really what this thing is about. And that's not, in my opinion, what Alcoholics Anonymous is about. Alcoholics Anonymous is about a belief system.
0: So right now you've got about maybe 400 or maybe 500 um, AA groups that have secularly formatted meetings. They're all over the world. Uh, People go to these meetings. Uh, They generally um, don't have well they don't have they don't open and close with a prayer and most of them probably don't um, bother with the aa literature so that's happening right now and then there's a some sort of a organization that puts on a conference um every what is it two years um yeah
1: it's going to be three years this yeah year. but there's a oh, that,
0: that puts on a conference so that so that these people can kind of network and plus they have these social groups and so forth uh social um Whatever, <laughs> uh, internet uh, groups uh, online that they can um, interact with. And so you have this network of people going on. And then you, the only thing that you're missing is, um, if, if it was even necessary to have any sort of literature. Uh, but what's being done there is individuals have written books and selling it, but they're, um, they are the ones individually now, literature profiting literature from the Literature
1: is evolving in this sense. Literature is evolving from the ground up through and I know you're not a big fan of written articles anymore because it's such a pain in the ass but uh uh that literature that's evolved since uh, uh Rogers started publishing in 2011 was it he started publishing and then you know accelerating rapidly after uh 2014 and you getting involved with uh AA beyond belief and The other people that have sort of chimed in on the internet, right? Uh, I'm amazed. I mean, the I, uh, you know, when I was waving my cell phone at you earlier and saying we don't really read what we see on Facebook, we react to it.
0: That's really interesting. You're absolutely right about that. You are absolutely right. I mean, that's what it's there for, isn't it? Right, right. That's the way they designed it.
1: Somebody needs to. If I was younger and had five years. I would mine that Facebook archive for the last 5 years just in the beyond belief Facebook group for the last 5 years and I bet I could come up with one hell of a book based on what I see I mean just I mean I was just for grins and giggles I was looking at this you know I was looking at this thing that I sent you and they said I said oh, shit, they're going to say Huey's complaining about AA again, you know. He just he just hates AA. I don't hate AA. I want to – I love secular alcoholics is what I do, okay. I don't hate AA. I love us. I don't love AA, but I certainly don't hate them. And, you know, just in the last one month on that Facebook group, I – you know, I'm I'm so old that I have to print stuff out. I can't just sit here and scroll over and over. And I was having problems with Google today, and I'll, you don't want to hear about it. But I, I, I was going through, and I started cutting and pasting into Word some of these excerpts from that Facebook page. And when I printed it out, and I, I still haven't completely gotten into it, analyzed it, I said... Holy shit. Look at all the things that are in here in just the course of a month. Our narrative is evolving really from the ground up. And I wish I had a a amanuensis or assistant or, you know, I'm still trying to get my last book published. I've got a lot of things I'm trying to do that have nothing to do with this, but, uh, I think eventually someone should start mining what has already been thought of and written down and debated, all right? I mean, as far as this online thing goes, our dear friend in Texas, the philosopher king of West Texas, Mark C and I, are constantly going after each other because he wants to go, still go to those Texas meetings and, you know, as the resident heathen, you know, trying to spread the good word inside those meetings, and I'm always yelling at him saying, no, 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 that's a waste of our time. We have to go another way. And we're constantly battling with each other. We're good friends. And somewhere there in the middle, there may be the truth. I don't know. You see where I'm coming from? Because of the debate, because of the, the push and pull, the, the dynamics of
0: I was fortunate uh, because I live in the metropolitan area that I could start a secular AA meeting and I didn't have to go fight with anybody. All I had to do is start a meeting and there's plenty of people in the city that wanted to go to it. Now, if I lived in um, where he does, which I guess is in... Um, I don't know, way out west somewhere in Texas, West Texas, and and is that, Texas. You we'll, know, just, we'll he, just generically
1: say West Texas. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't have a, a a huge population center to draw from of people who want to attend um, secular AA meetings. You know that could be more difficult. I mean, I know he's yeah, got something and, going on Zoom right now.
1: You know he 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 pulls me up short every once in a while. I mean, I, I I've lived in Washington D.C. all my life. I'm in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is right up at you know one of the most in my Congressman is Jamie Raskin, okay? He doesn't have anybody like Jamie Raskin in West Texas. So, you know, he's got a different situation than I do and a different lifestyle than I have. But we share the common problem, and we both know at root what the common solution is, right? Which is making a decision, going to meetings, Coming up with some idea of how we share, understanding what abstinence is about, and then helping other people. Like I go on and on and on about, like a broken record. Because to me, that's what we need to be doing. And every minute we spend, God, I'm going to start waving that letter from the general service office around again and look like some kind of nut on the internet waving letters. But, uh, you know, every minute we spend with those people is time we're not spending helping secular alcoholics and addicts who are struggling with this cognitive dissonance of being told that they have to believe in something irrational or they will die, which they are told over and, and it's not just in those groups. It's in these places that charge fifteen thousand or fifty thousand a month. I mean, if you go to the one in Malibu, I've heard it's a hundred and fifty thousand or something. Whatever they charge you, all that money to tell you that you've got to get on your knees. But
0: the people who are posting in the Facebook group are people who are actually reaching out for help from, from fellow secularists. And they're getting that help.
1: They're getting shared some experience.
0: Some of them are saying, fuck it, I don't want it. Some of them said, hell with this. I don't need this. And they're gone. But there are others who are saying, boy, I'm really struggling with this. And then they're getting input from people who've already been through that. And so that's good.
1: Here's a thought. That's good. But here's a thought. How many others, like this guy I alluded to earlier, who's told us adios this week, How many others are sailing out to die? We know what our success rates are. They can go nowhere but up from the cellar that they're in now, and every life we save is worth whatever exertion we go through here because of the demonstrable benefits. In our case, the two of us, over decades now. Over three decades of getting the demonstrable benefits of doing this every day, we can't lose sight of the person who is suffering with misery, pain, and death right now, but without the necessity, like the others, of grabbing them by the collar and forcing some irrational belief system down their throat. That's why... Every minute we spend talking about the General Service Conference, the AA local meeting, the AA group, the AA uh, regional uh, conference, and all of that, and, and then communicating with them and trying to kowtow to them is not only a waste of time, but it's, I believe, it's hazardous to the life and well-being of our fellow atheist and agnostic alcoholics. So if you're wondering why I get you know, a little worked up and start waving letters around on the screen, that's the reason. Because you and I both know that for every person we hear from telling us that we've helped them, there are 10 or 15 or 20 or more others who will never reach out because they're reticent or they don't do that or You know, how many people write letters to the editors? Not many, okay? So how many people reach out on the Facebook page and are honest? How many are like that guy taking a look at us or like my other friend somewhere else who I won't identify, who looks at us and says, oh, I'm not going to put up with that shit. It's just like them. And I already walked away from them. Why should I engage with you when you're just like them? And that's the whole crux of what I'm trying to get at. here. So, what do we do, John? Where do we go? What kind of fellowship do we want to have? That's a rhetorical question,
0: by the way. Oh, okay. So I don't have to answer it then.
1: <laughs> no, it's a rhetorical question. You can, you know, oh. you can, in fact, answer rhetorical.
0: Questions. Okay. All right then. Um, okay. Well, personally. A question for our listeners. Let me. I'm pausing. Question for that. Our listeners. Sorry, Here's my my view on, on this, on, on what you're asking is I think that I just leave it up to each individual person to do whatever the hell they want to do with their own recovery. I don't want to be lumped into any sort of a we uh, that I am part of whatever the, everybody, the group wants to do, the organization wants to do. I'm not into that. Um, I have my friends at my ho- own local little group here that I care about. Um, that I want to get more involved with now that, um, things are kind of, we're meeting in person again. Um, I want to be more involved with the recovery community in my state. I'm not at all interested in the general service conference in New York and all these people that are going to secular AA meetings. Um, I, that's great. Um, I go to them. I think that they're, 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 they're very helpful. The people who are struggling with finding their place in those secular AA meetings, I get it. I've been there too. You're probably It's probably going to be a, a process of evolution. Um, I just don't know what the answer is. I mean, we could all, I mean, you'd have to, you know, if you're not going to leave it up to, I mean, because it's so individual and the groups are so independent, I mean, if you wanted it to be totally separate from AA, that would mean starting a new organization, right?
1: Well, we're not. We've already, and I've gone through this before, okay, elsewhere. We already have a new organization. We just have the wrong name.
0: Okay. So, and we've done that. So, okay. So you've got the talk, talk about secular AA. So let's say it's that. A matter, yeah, it's a
1: branding issue. Okay. It's, so uh, let's say
0: that you get that out. You change it. You change it to whatever. Okay. So I don't see, I, that's what I don't get because the, the thing was started just to put on conferences, right? So if you decide, okay, this is no longer putting on AA conferences, okay, super. It so never the, was
1: an AA conference to begin with.
0: It wasn't? Okay.
1: Not that I'm aware of. AA never sank, sanctioned it from the beginning.
0: Well, it's an AA conference in the sense that it was put on by it, it was an AA conference in the sense that it was put on by AA members. People that who attended. Well,
1: AA there were people that said they were members of, of AA that were there. Okay, but as far as I know. It wasn't listed as one of their regional. So anyway, so yeah,
0: so yeah, you could do that. You could change and say, you know what, you you can go there and say the international conference of secular AA is no longer that. It is now the international conference of recovery, secular recovery, something like that. And we and we and and we and we have absolutely nothing to do with AA. Okay, so now you've got a new organization. Great.
1: We already do.
0: Okay, you've got an organization, new name. Now people that join that were part of that organization thinking that it was, they were putting on AA conferences. They're going to say, okay, fine. I don't want anything to do with that. And then you'll just have left Well,
1: that's been to one of our conferences would know it's not an AA
0: conference. Okay. Well, it's how you, however you define that. I mean, I, I, I thought it was an AA conference. Um, It was a secular, it was a, it was a conference of AA members from secular AA groups.
1: Come sit down next to me next time you see me at one of those things. But no, it's, it's, You know, I'm not talking about organizational infrastructure. Uh, Organizational infrastructure will evolve over time, like organizations always do. What I'm talking about is something more fundamental than that. And that's a mindset. That's what we are promoting. When you put up a podcast about the 12 steps, there are some people that are being harmed, in my opinion. I, 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 I would not do that, all right, because I know for a fact that there are some people that are harmed by that. Now, there are other people that, are, that would benefit from it, and maybe the people that would be harmed by it, if they see it listed as an alternative, shouldn't go there. And I often do that. I mean, when I see things that you or other people put up that I know are just going to piss me off, you know, I'll 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 give it a pass. Just like you know, somebody sees my name pop up on the screen and they, you know, oh that asshole. I don't want to talk about talk, listen to him again. That's fine. We do that all the time. We make selections and we decide which organizations we're in, etc., etc., etc.
0: Well, maybe every every episode should have some sort of a disclaimers just to remind people that you know you define your own recovery. Uh these steps, you know, just if just because we're talking about a step uh doesn't mean that uh we think that you necessarily need to do this step. Uh this is just, you know, besides right. the, the well, you <laughs> know,
1: I mean it's it's like what I'm saying though is is that there's no hard and fast rule. What I'm trying to do is to in the whatever time I have left, is to spark a discussion whereby we understand that our main business is about recovery, not about organizations, not about politics, not about, you know, uh, websites or web pages or whatever. It's about what we can do on an individual basis to help another recovering alcoholic, however that occurs. I think you do great service for alcoholics many times by doing the broadcasting that you're doing. I try to do my bit in whatever small way I can do when I'm doing these things. But also, and I know this is a case for you as well, when someone who it appears we might be able to be of assistance to, talks to us or reaches out to us or, you know, I have people in other countries, other time zones message me in the middle of the night And I make sure that whenever I get up and I see that message, the morning doesn't go by without me responding. I'm not going to come up with any solution, but at least I'm going to come up with a response. The fact that there's another atheist agnostic, or whatever we call ourselves, alcoholic out there, that can and will and does respond and someone maybe with a little bit of experience that might resonate with someone else who does respond. That's what's so important. And the more time we spend collectively or individually screwing around with things like, what does the, this, this or that organization think or do about or with us? is valuable time that is being wasted that could be better directed in terms of helping another alcoholic or addict with the problem at hand. And the problem at hand is drinking and using today leading to premature death and disability. That's what it's really about. I deal with wet alcoholics. I see them unfortunately too often, and in every case, I'm dealing with disabilities that could have been avoided. And the tragedy of that, both in some of my personal friendships, and obviously people that I encounter in the program, is really what's driving me forward. There are people that have disappeared from the groups here in DC, my group in DC. And I later find out that they passed away from this or that cause of some sort of organic or brain disorder or cancer or, heart to, or some kind of thing that comes back to me. And I can't help but think, maybe if we'd done a little more or things had been a little better, this person wouldn't have gone quite so soon in that way. Not that we take on the responsibility. For anybody else's sobriety. But if we've done our best to be available, then we've done our job. All this crap with AA is taking us away from our primary purpose. That's one of the few AA phrases that I actually sign up to. And we know what our primary purpose is.
0: Well, well, you know, I, I at one time, uh, for a couple of years anyway, was involved with um, uh, the general service structure, I guess, uh, working with our district and our area and so forth. And I came to the conclusion that kind of work wasn't for me, that it was kind of a waste of time for me. Um, I'm less, I'm like, I have zero interest in anything that the general service conference does, because it doesn't really have any impact on me personally or my group. <laughs> it really doesn't. So I, I just, I just kind of ignore that kind of crap, and uh, you know, just deal with um, uh, my immediate uh, people in my life that are that I'm dealing with. You know, and I think the best way that we can help anybody is that one on one communication. That we right. Have. Well, the and
1: and what I'm positing here, and I don't even know what you're going to end up calling this thing in the end when you put it up. But you know what I'm positing here is. Essentially, that the further away we get from dealing with that organization, the more time collectively we could have in coming up with more viable solutions for atheist and agnostic alcoholics that are seeking refuge from this stuff. Just listen to some of the random. I could go through these. Facebook pages and come up with hundreds of them. We could be sitting here all day talking about that stuff, right? And it's it's a it's a it's a, almost a universal problem. People who have misunderstood what sobriety is all about and been harmed by that misunderstanding. If you understand sobriety to be anything other than abstinence. You and 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 if you understand sobriety being conditional on things other than abstinence, like a certain belief system, or the necessity of having one of these things called sponsors. Do you see or, a
0: difference between sobriety and recovery? What about is there a difference between sobriety and recovery? Sobriety
1: I mean. is recovery and recovery is sobriety. There any there's no there's no recovery without so what sobriety. this is
0: what I would say I would say that sobriety is abstinence and recovery is a process of change.
1: Well, it it depends on what's changed to you is de-evolution to me, okay? Perhaps okay. So you know, I I try to I say that sobriety gives you access to yourself and you yourself. Your sober self will evolve in a way that is more positive for you,
0: and that evolution is that evolution is what I would call the recovery process.
1: That's, but it will—it's an evolution, okay? Yeah. And again, it's all—it's sem- all semantics,
0: but it's important in the right, sense—it's semantics. It's, but it's—it's it's important in the sense that people will say if because I agree with you, I'll say sobriety is abstinence, period. Boom. And people say, John, no, there's much, much more to sobriety. And I, I say, no, there's a. I distinguish sobriety and recovery. Sobriety is not using the substance. Recovery is doing some sort of a process of change.
1: Then, I mean, you're you know, uh, your income may go up. You may meet someone you can get along with. You may father a couple of kids. Uh, you may start businesses overseas you may finally meet someone that is the love of your life and have a life beyond your wildest dreams or you may not okay in my case uh particularly having survived covid which i thought was a very problematic thing for me given some of my other issues uh you know i'm I, I i tell everybody all my friends everybody i'm far luckier than i deserve and that's not the case for everyone all right Other people's benefits are incremental. Other people's benefits are astronomically greater than mine have ever been. All right? Uh, You know, there are people that have gone on to world fame and fortune and Oscars who started in this abstinence process. You see them around all the time, okay? People that have gone on to great accomplishments in science and literature. Once abstinence took hold, all right there's a, which I haven't been able to do. I've been able to do my own little things, but nothing near where I could have uh, ultimately dreamt could have gone. And that's fine, because what I got is what I got, and what I got is what I got because I stopped drinking and I remained abstinent. I would have had nothing. I would have had less than nothing because I would have been dead. All right? So how do we spend more time and do more things trying to communicate with people in a pod, in a more positive and productive way? I'm not even going to say that this AA stuff is all negative. It certainly isn't all negative for the people that sign up to that stuff. I know I, I know too many people that have benefited from that to negate that. But for those of us who categorically rejected that stuff up front, it's a tough road. And we need to be more available to those people. And frankly, I think that many of us in this secular fellowship are missing some of the opportunities we could have to be more productive. Because we don't have much time on this planet. I mean, when you get to be 72, you realize that you don't have a lot of time, okay? Uh, my kids are 25 and 27, and they have a totally different con- conception of time than I do, right? And you know, here in these years, I've begun to value that commodity a hell of a lot more. I wish I could get some of it back. I need about 10 or 15 years back, but guess what? I'm not getting it back. So every hour that we're not productive for our fellow alcoholics and addicts is an hour lost that could possibly have been used responding to an email, stopping for coffee after a meeting, or chatting some other way in a way that could have benefits that we don't even realize. Maybe we'll never realize.
0: Well, one good One good thing about being dead, though, it'll be like we've never existed and none of this will ever matter. Well,
1: being dead, well, it's part of, you know, it it is like never existing.
0: It's like we wouldn't even know we've had this conversation.
1: Yeah, the, the physics of death are absolute. Yes. But I do believe that there is a human continuum. Well, we no, you're of. right.
0: I mean, we, you yeah, know, no, you're 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 right. I mean, we want to leave something behind, even even though we won't be aware of it when we're gone. We want to, we we want to, while we're alive, we want to we want to do our best to make the world a better place.
1: Who knows what these digital and human artifacts <laughs> we leave behind yeah. are going to evolve into. True. Probably not much, but maybe more than we thought. You never know. We don't know. Um, we um, we'll never know, as yeah. you quite. They
0: might know. they might find a video of you and then make a um, artificial intelligent robot out of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I, I, I took enough acid back I <laughs> turned myself into some like I'm you know, lucky uh, I quit in 1972. We stuck with that thing, really, <laughs> unlike some others. But, uh, you know, we're we're I think we're 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 of a mind maybe, that this institutional codification of things is nowhere near as important as our interactions with our fellow alcoholics directly, not this indirect stuff through the organization or the general board or the, you know.
0: I can agree with that.
1: We have to be, um, gosh, I'm going to maybe use one of their phrases. We have to get into action. Right. No, everything I hear you. I agree with you. From action is something that's inimical to where I want to be. I want to die in motion. I do not want to die, you know, sitting. I want to die in motion, Right. Now Mick Jagger's probably going to die in motion in a very different way than I am. But uh, you know like uh, like St. Mick I want to keep this going to the end. And in this context the only way for us to keep going is to be able to share our experience in an honest way. And we're not doing that when we're hung up on some organization or group or steps or code or books or any of that shit uh and i think maybe oh boy i see the i see that that countdown clock it's like that that you know i'm in a congressional testimony and yeah that you don't see it ever on tv but there's this clock right in front of you and it's counting down to the final seconds so i think we've reached those final seconds and uh we want to be as good as we can possibly be john and I don't think the way we're doing it now is as good as
0: we've done. You've done a great job. It's been a, it's been an interesting conversation. I've enjoyed it. Um, I think that other people are going to um, get something out of listening to it. Um, you know, I don't I don't disagree with you. Is the thing is it, it always cracks me up? Is I don't really disagree with you, but I I just want to be careful about just defining what I well what so of this you means.
1: You're sort of a diplomat in the middle of all this. stuff. Yeah, you know
0: but not. but my evolution has been over a period of time is is. Giving less of a shit over time about a lot of this stuff. Well,
1: you know, I, give, I really don't give a shit what people think of me.
0: That's no, great. no, me either.
1: I, I couldn't give two rats ass about that. And it's a, it's a great
0: freedom to not give a shit, isn't it?
1: Oh, I'll tell you, man, freedom, there's nothing like it. Well, we've, we've gone past the witching yeah, hour here. And I okay. think maybe we, if we accomplished anything, we talked uh, about what we should be doing, which is maybe in the end to try to be of the greatest use as individuals we can be and forget about some of these irrelevancies like Alcoholics Anonymous (laughs) or whatever the fuck
0: they call it. Well, you've got the last word.
1: I'm in trouble now. You're going to get complaints. Um, I
0: think I've cussed more than
1: you. Oh, I I think you're going to get complaints about this. We'll see.